0: Today, our topic is campus tours, and we speak with Gage Monroe from the Prism Center at UVM. Though our initial premise was to assist our LGBTQ plus community in finding affirming communities, post secondary communities, we quickly discovered that the theme of chase your values applies to all students and the advice that Gage uh, provides us is applicable to any student on any campus tour. We hope you enjoy the show and we'll talk to you again soon. I am here with uh, Gage Monroe from the Prism Center at UVM and I want to give Gage an opportunity to introduce themselves and our topic today, is really about how do we best support our LGBTQ plus students in their college search process. So Gage, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, how you came to be a part of this podcast today.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Russ, for having me. Um hi everyone. My name is Gage Monroe. I use She They pronouns. Um a little bit about me. I am a trans femme full-time professional working at the University of Vermont in the Prism Center, which is a space for everybody where we center LGBTQIA plus joy in our work. Um, Before working at UVM, I've worked at several institutions across the US. Um, I have a master's degree in educational administration from Texas A&M University and have always loved the college environment and working with college students ever since I started my undergraduate journey back in 2015. And prior to that, I and still now identify as a first-generation student as well. And so the college search process for me was a daunting task. (laughs) And when you had initially reached out to have someone from the prison center talking about what does the college search process look like, not only from... A queer or trans perspective, but just what does it look like in general? I was so happy to jump
0: on board um, and meet with you. This all this all started from a from a conversation I was having with with a couple of my students, and my concern is I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like I'm really bad at my school counselor job in helping students find an equally supportive home beyond CVU. If I feel like I'm doing a bad job or might do a bad job at that, then I need to reach out and do some learning on my part. But if I'm doing that learning, well, my goodness, isn't that learning going to help somebody who's a junior or a sophomore or a senior looking to kind of go beyond and look at post-secondary education? Like, why is it just me that's doing that work? Can't we help everybody else? and so that's kind of what the impetus was for reaching out, um, kind of this selfish thing. But then it was like, all right, right, if it's going to help me, it's going to help everybody else.
1: Um, well, and I don't think there's anything selfish in saying I see this lack of information in my knowledge base and I want to learn more and I want to be a better counselor, a better support, a better friend, a better ally for my students, right? There is a lot of strength in that. There's a lot of beauty in that. There's a lot of power in saying, I want to support my students in the way that they need me. And I don't have all the information I need right now. And that's the same, the same is true for people within the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I love to share that I've been out in some capacity for the better part of 11 years. And every day I'm learning something new about my own community, about the people that I call my siblings and my cousins. every day language changes and evolves, and that's part of the learning process. Something that a um, colleague of mine at UVM, Dr. Amir Ahmed, who is the Vice Provost for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion here, shared is that work like DEI work or justice work is one of very few things that we often hold as very dichotomous, either you get it or you don't, either you're woke or you're not woke. And Everyone, like any aspect of learning, is on a journey. Everyone needs to sit down and say, okay, where am I at on learning what this community is about or learning what I have to offer, how I can support, and how do I learn more? How do I get more? So if anything, I would say that this is the most selfless thing that you could be doing in asking for people who do this work to support you when you are learning and support you in supporting your students. So,
0: Again, thank you for having me. You mentioned earlier, I just want to give an example about the evolving nature of the language. And in creating this, the show outline for today, um, I was typing some notes, Gage was responding, and I was using the term preferred pronoun. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a survey at CVU that we make available to students who are considering changing pronouns, considering changing names in terms of how they're identified in classes. Um, But it uses the term preferred and Gage politely (laughs) indicated uh, that at this point um, the the preferred language is lived pronouns, Mm -hmm. lived names, um which i thought was i liked it better <laughs> and so just that's today we had a department meeting to change the language in the survey like this is i hadn't that's nobody that's in my department had heard the term lived names lived pronouns before just through the very nature where where language changes we're able to kind of make some edits here within the building that again hopefully is responsive to to students lived uh, experiencing and, and makes, you know, honors that a little bit more. So, so Gage, tell me if you can, um, what are some resources that students can use to identify safe campuses, um, and some, and safe surrounding communities? And I'll just say we're defining safe in terms of using it and, uh, synonymously with supportive,
1: mm. I think too, SAFE also being affirming of identities, like the work that you're doing even just today of making that quick switch to lived names, lived pronouns, affirming the very real experiences that LGBTQIA people go through and feel and live every day in our lives. Um, and taking that to college campuses, there are a few national resources that I can think of right off the top of my head one being the Campus Pride Index. Um, so if you go to campusprideindex.org, it's a beautiful tool that lists all universities who opt in to report their metrics on this website. And it will give a rating one through five of how safe and affirming a university is for LGBTQ populations on campus. It's really great for a quick snapshot of what is in place policy-wise and action-wise at the university to protect, support, affirm, care for X, Y, and Z LGBTQ plus individuals. It does have some pitfalls. I think looking at that, the Campus Pride Index is entirely opt-in. So universities have the opportunity to self-report Um, they get the survey, they pay to be listed on the Campus Pride Index. Campus Pride then sends them all of the information of here are the questions that we're asking, here's the reports that you need to fill out, it's your responsibility now to go get this information. Um, At a previous institution that I've worked at, I was part of the group that filled out the Campus Pride Index or CPI for the institution, and we were running into the issue of offices and departments not responding to us of what they do. And Mm. so we had to then make a decision of, okay, what do we know as professionals working on this campus? We're going to report that. And if we aren't seeing the support for queer and trans students, we're not going to list that you're doing it. And so some of that is not accurately reflected on the CPI of who has the people power to run this sort of assessment for the entire institution who is choosing to report information and what are they factually reporting. And it still does a great job at saying, overlooking this institution or looking at this institution as a whole, here is what I can expect as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community walking onto campus for the first time and can greatly inform when you go and visit the campus, what questions to ask.
0: That's one that I've I've found useful in terms of they 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 provide data on, a, on essentially a Likert scale of one to five how yes. satisfied are our students with the affirming nature of the campus and if we're if I'm sitting down with a young person and we see a school is scoring a two that's a very different conversation for us to have than if a school is scoring at a uh, 4.5. Mm-hmm. So some others that I don't know if you can tell me a little bit about um, that I found uh, college-wise and Trevor Project.
1: Yeah, let me, I'll jump in with Trevor Project. Uh, I think a lot of people who do work similar to what I do or do work in DEI specifically within LGBTQ plus lens have heard of the Trevor Project in some capacity. They're a massive national organization um, and host the largest hotline service for LGBTQ plus youth and men- their mental health needs. Um, so again, for people listening, that's Um, Super great website to be a part of um, and to just explore around. The Trevor Project also has a ton of resources for, um, college professionals for education, for exploring the world around you and what services are available. They do trainings and presentations and facilitations. They have guides, they have templates, they have really everything. They're almost like a library of LGBTQ plus resources, specifically aimed at youth, uh, which is really great as well, given that a lot of the supports that we're seeing, especially from a college perspective are going to be for 18 and up. So I think the college-wise website offers a lot of that. Looking at the university not just as a microcosm or a little world within a city, but looking at the university as it exists in the surrounding environs and like what resources are available to you beyond just campus.
0: You can help define some terms for students and so one of the one of the things in our kind of conversation as we're putting this outline together some essential questions that we think students families should ask admissions counselors and students is Mm. is there a pride center on campus and i'm I'm calling it a pride center and i realize every campus has a different name Um, so can you help define what a pride center is should be yeah absolutely so
1: i can talk a little bit about um my work at the prison center at uvm which is in definition technical terms a pride center um realistically a pride center is a space that uplifts and supports and promotes the all of the things we talked about, the safety, the acceptance, the celebration, the affirmation of LGBTQI plus students and community members and faculty and staff. Um, so this can look like a lot of different things in a lot of different institutions. Um, in some places, the Pride Center is a meeting every... Wednesday, Thursday from three to four. In other places, it is a physical space on campus and it should be a physical space on campus where students and staff and faculty are able to go and be in community with other queer and trans people. Um, Cause that's a huge important aspect of just being a human person. Everybody needs to be in community with one another. We are social creatures by nature. To be isolated is to then be lacking in the resources and support that we need as individuals. Um, Yeah, Pride centers should also have full-time staff members working there. It should not just be a graduate student working 20 hours a week doing their darndest to support a campus of 5,000 students. Um, And that is the case on some campuses. It is one person doing part-time work to try to support and make space for LGBTQIA individuals on the campus. Um, and so knowing what Pride centers can look like across the U.S. hopefully gives some people some power and some voice to advocate for more resources, for more support, for more attention and care.
0: Before we go on, we started, and then my co-host for today, Gavin, who's been managing school counselorly things (laughs) all morning long, um, is finally able to join us, and so I wanted to make sure I introduced Gavin, gave him a chance to introduce himself, and then we can move on with our agenda. So, Gavin. Hello. Thanks for having
2: me. Uh, Yeah, so my name is Gavin Bonsolidis, and I use he, him pronouns. I am a school counselor here. And I also was an undergrad student at UVM and a graduate student at UVM. And I used to frequent the, what was then the LGBTQA Center, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was um, under Dot Bauer, I believe. Um, And so I used to frequent that space and help um, with the club Free to Be at UVM. Uh, and um, there was a weekly, I can't recall, but it was like on Tuesday or Wednesday nights, we used to do a vegan dinner and we, I used to cook Greek food for um, the community on campus. So I'm just so happy to uh, meet you, Gage, and thank you for joining us and uh, just informing our students and our community about resources and the importance of um, of queer spaces and centers on um, college campuses and the resources available to them and what we can do to better support them
0: in that transition. We started to get to a a, a, a conversation and I immediately was like, we need to cover this. <laughs> when you are on a campus tour, those are large, those are often large group campus tours. Mm-hmm. Can you specifically request a visit to the Pride Center separate from that campus tour? Can you request a stop at the campus tour? I'm feeling like that's an important part of a campus visit if you are feeling like you want to find your community. So how do, what do students look for when they go in? How do they make that happen? Tell me more. Absolutely. I... I don't even know if I just asked the right question given what we were talking about, but
1: I think it's a great question and even if um I think something that's important is when you're on that campus tour if they haven't specifically highlighted a pride center again using the definitions that we've used for this podcast if they haven't highlighted that space specifically but you know it exists ask about that um tour guides love they love to answer a question and also a lot of tour guides are students. And so know that their perspective is often limited as well to the purview of what they engage with every day as a student. Um, And so going to either one of the full-time staff members who's coordinating tours, check-in tables, asking specifically, hey, when's a great time to connect with these offices? If you're touring a university during classes, during when school's in session, Often the professionals are still working too. We might not know that it's a campus tour day, but we are still there working. Like I'm a 12 month contract. I have to be here year round, summers included. And so asking that question of, is somebody in the office that I can go meet with? Can I tour this space? Are the spaces open? Um, Getting connected with those people is a really great way to, Something that I think is really important see if yourself and your identities are represented on this campus. Are there people who work in full-time capacity that look like you, that share your story, that can resonate with what you're saying and what you're bringing to campus? Because then it's less you have to define every conversation you're having with people on campus. It's so liberating to sit in a room with other LGBTQIA plus people. Maybe for the first time in your life, or maybe it's the hundredth time, and you're just looking for that community to continue.
0: So, one of the other things we had in our notes, and and I'm, but I know at CVU, one of the conversations we have, um, are about bathrooms. Mm. I, I, what are your thoughts, Gage?
1: I think there's so much in that question, right? Like, there's questions about. From a residence life or residential life, whatever the university that you're looking at, that department, like what are your dorms or residence halls going to look like? And then there's also in your academic buildings, are there gender neutral or gender inclusive restrooms? Are there then like accessible gender inclusive restrooms? Can somebody with mobility aids access access? the Mm. same sort of gender inclusive resources that an able-bodied individual could. Um, And so there are multiple questions. A lot of institutions will, and this is something that is listed on the Campus Pride Index, will have lists uh, here, all the gender inclusive restrooms on campus. Here's a map to all of them. And that is a notch on the Campus Pride Index and that will boost the score. And so you can look at that through those resources that we just talked about as well. And then from a residence life perspective, it absolutely is appropriate. And you should be asking if that is a concern to you, what are the bathroom situations I'm getting into? What are the rooming situations that I'm getting into? And asking them to define those terms as they are specific to the institution. Um, A great example of that is at UVM, we offer gender inclusive housing in every learning community on campus And gender inclusive housing, as defined by us, only impacts roommate selection. It does not impact placement or bathroom situations or anything other than who you are going to be living with. And that's a current, like all of these policies are in constant reiteration and iteration of one another. And the same goes for other campuses. As campuses are implementing gender inclusive housing for the first time, Often their policies will change and grow as the students who are taking part in this community and this resource voice their needs and concerns. Um, I think it's a really great time to highlight the law. No, um, but to highlight the fact that anyone who works at a public institution in the U.S. is bound by the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, or FERPA. um, And we are not allowed to share any personal information that is non-directory, so like, name and maybe email, um, that is non-directory information with anyone for any reason other than a legitimate educational need. Which means if you go to a housing professional and say, hi, I'm trans and I'm worried about my housing situations for X, Y, and Z, they are not allowed to share that with your family. They are not allowed to share that with anyone else as long as, and again, this comes to once you are an admitted student a part of the institution once you were under the institution's protection we're not allowed to share your information with anyone unless you then sign those waivers and so again that applies to public institutions but i would say go to and this is again doing your research like looking on the campus pride index looking at the university website like how do they respond to and treat and like celebrate and support lgbtqia plus people on campus and then go to those professionals and it's scary And see if you are worried about having those conversations, like see who is able to sit in those conversations with you and advocate for you. Um, That's something that in my role, I offer to like if students are not wanting to have conversations, like I'm happy to like sit there with them or like hold them in those spaces as well. Um, But going to these professionals and saying, this is my situation. Here are my concerns. What can we do to meet my needs then because of that? Let's figure out what's going to be best for you within what we have to offer. So yes, Russ, it's absolutely appropriate to be asking about bathrooms and asking about the needs that you need met going into going into your undergraduate career because going to college is not going to be the easiest thing you've done in your life.
0: Gavin,
2: you've been furiously writing notes. What sort of work... Um are you seeing being done on campus right now um, by the Prism Center or by students or where are some areas of growth? Um, I know years back, I think UVM took the lead on um, pronoun usage in terms of colleges and having that in, in forms so that, um, and then that was used across other schools. At least I recall that when I was a student there and you can correct me if I'm wrong.
1: And yeah, so, um- It's interesting because I don't have a lot of that historical context so I started my position in July of 2022 which at the time of this recording was just a mere eight months ago um and I've been learning what is the culture of UVM every day since I've been here but something that's really awesome is I came into a space where the Prism Center is not only hosting their largest staff both of full-time professionals and interns and student workers but we're also in the largest space that we've been in, in our like entire 20 years at UVM. And so even just like the physical space that we are allowed to take up or able to take up is so so many things, it's exciting, it's liberating, it is empowering to see that and to get to work with other queer and trans people on the daily. And then as far as like policy, I came in as a, you had said, Gavin, the sort of, UVM being the front runner of like pronouns and live gender on campus um that policy just got updated and now it is a couple clicks of a button and typing and filling out like a simple form and your live name and pronouns are updated across every UVM system and the only people who ever see your legal name are people who like need that for their job like student financial services or um well, they're the only ones I can think of, but there are other offices, I'm sure. But even working in the prison center, I don't have access to anyone's legal names because I don't, I don't need that. And I think that's how it should be, right? Like, I don't need to know your legal name. I just need to know who you are as a person to best support you then. And I think that is really awesome seeing that being implemented across campus. And it's like all of our systems, including email and Teams and Blackboard and all of this stuff, which is so amazing to see, because that's not how it is across the country. And I've worked at many an institution where that is not the case.
2: Right, and it's an opportunity to really celebrate and honor who these individuals are. And it's not like what, as people will say, as a preference per se, but who they actually are by in their lived experiences. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's the thing is like nobody, at least none of the trans people I know, myself included, wake up and are like, hmm, maybe I'll just do this cute little thing for fun and see how it is because there's so much Stigma. There is so much that you have to go against in order to say, like, this is my name. This is who I am. There is so much like uphill movement that has to happen. That is difficult. I don't know anyone who's like choosing to have a hard time for funsies.
2: Right, and it makes, and it actually makes me think about the um, laws that are attempt are that are trying to be passed in other states, and I wonder if you're seeing an impact on students. Here at UVM, or um, or what the culture and um, is like right now at UVM, given um, some of um, the states trying to pass certain um, anti-trans, anti-queer um, um, laws.
1: Yeah, I think there's. It's not even double-sided; it's multi-sided. I have a math degree, so I could say it's a it's a polyhedron of an issue, um, but. We're seeing students who are thankful that we're living in Vermont and that our legislators aren't espousing this like very anti-trans, anti-LGBT rhetoric. Um, And we're also seeing people who have families from states where our identities are just being wiped away and are being given no credit or no space or are being like very scrutinously under attack by legislators and are carrying that with them. And the sort of seeing the world fall apart around you is intense.
0: Do Pride centers provide counseling services for students? Because I know a lot of campuses do provide some counseling services. Is that kind of pushed off to the more campus specific counseling services?
1: Yeah, that I think varies. And all of these answers are going to vary from campus to campus. And so tying it back into these are important questions to then be asking while you're on that campus tour, when you're emailing- like how
0: I lobbed up that softball for you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I don't know sports, but I got that reference. <laughs> um, but like, these are good questions then to be asking your the, the advisors you're emailing with or the, Pride centers that you're emailing with and communicating with. Um, So highlighting some of the things we do here at UVM, um, we do weekly drop-in hours with a counselor out of our Counseling and Psychiatric Services. Um, And so he does little drop-in sessions for I think it's half-hour appointments every Thursday for a two, two and a half hour span. And also we'll do some follow-up after and beforehand and making sure that students are having their needs met And so i don't think that's an inappropriate ask of any campus to be like hey are you partnering with your counseling services and providing lgbtq plus specific support are you at the very least trauma-informed in how you're approaching the needs of lgbtq plus individuals because we're not a monolith. We exist in every other aspect of identity. Every other aspect of identity is going to have somebody who is LGBTQ plus in some capacity. And so how are we then providing support that meets all of the needs and not just a singularity of somebody's identity?
0: I really
2: appreciate that because it makes me think about the the other opportunities that are offered across um, Campuses, So right, not only that you have these Pride Centers or that you have the Prism Center, but also that it's not only just held into that space and it expands way beyond um, that space into the campus and then out into the community. And so I'm just wondering about, um, you know, opportunities that are offered at UVM and maybe at what are some opportunities and events that are typically offered at college campuses and that might vary. Um, I recall at UVN, there used to be the rainbow graduation. I do not know if that's an event or there used to be like home for the holidays in the winter. I love
1: that. You're naming literally the two big events that I plan as part of my job. So yes, those happen still.
2: Yeah, I would love, um,
1: I'm wondering if you could share a little
2: bit um, more about those and like the intent behind them. I'm so glad that we made that connection. I'm glad that I'm I'm not so outdated.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, you were right on the mark. Um, So talking a little bit about Home for the Holidays, um, just because I've done that event and I've seen it in full now, uh, we like to describe it as the hug that people need before they go home for winter break. Uh, something important is that regardless of your identities going to school for the first time there will be growth that happens in that first semester you will not be the same girly pop who (laughs) came to school in the first like you were not the same person in august that you are in december growth happens change happens that's a part of going to school in the first place and so recognizing that, and then also recognizing that sometimes queer and trans people don't get to go home to like warm and fuzzy winter themed things. Sometimes we go home to families who don't support us, families who don't want to celebrate our identities the same way that we found on campus people do want to. And so something that was really important for us in the Prism Center was to hold a space that was celebrating the community that we built throughout the fall semester. And then saying that whatever happens in the four weeks that you are home or somebody somewhere else for winter break, we are going to be right here as strong as ever, as like loving as ever, as uplifting as ever, a community for you because we spent that time building it. We're gonna be right here when you get back in January for the spring semester. And that I think is a testament to just the power and the beauty of the LGBTQ plus community, right? Our chosen families, often means so, so much more than a lot of our families like who are like blood relatives or our genealogical descendants, right? Like a lot of times the people that we choose to have in our lives and the people that we choose to celebrate and to hold us in both our worst moments and our best moments make a world of difference. And so uplifting and sharing like y'all did the work to create community here even if you're going home to a great time, you're still not the same person. Because again, like you went to school for four months and there's newfound independence. There is all of the trials and tribulations that happen with being a college student. When you come back, we're here for you. And I think that sets us up really nicely for rainbow graduation, which a lot of universities do a rainbow graduation or a lavender graduation. Um, So a little bit of history about like rainbow graduation um, started by Dr. Sanlo at uh, the University of Michigan because there was not, again, going back to, the original Pride was a protest. A lot of these things that we were doing are advocating for our community needs. Um, so Dr. Sanlo was, I believe it was her daughter was experiencing discrimination because of her identity, um, because of Dr. Sandlow's identity. And so started a ceremony to celebrate queer and trans scholarship at the university celebrate queer and trans individuals who are graduating because again as I've said going to school period is not going to be the easiest thing you've done in your life and if it is talk to me because I want to know how you did that then adding queer and trans identities on top of that it is just a different challenge college is challenging for everyone I think that's part of the point and like navigating the world as a queer and trans person is very different and so celebrating each other at the end of the year saying not only did we do it um, and so to getting to hold each other in celebration and reverence and to be like, we did this and we're going to go out and change the world in so many beautiful queer ways.
0: And, and the, the thing that I'm, I'm hearing, the theme that I, I, I just want to bring my own head back to and, and mm-hmm. the listeners, all 30 of you back to is if you are on a campus tour and you don't feel like any of this is possible, that might not be the right campus for you. Mm -hmm. Like I think that all of these things that we're talking about on UVM's campus and elsewhere, like if you can't feel that love and that kindness and compassion and affirming nature of the campus, then, Mm -hmm. then move on. If you aren't feeling any of this, the things that we've been talking about uh, when you're on a campus, then it's likely that it's it's not the right place for you. That, I mean, am I reading it correctly? I think,
1: well, and sharing my own experience. So I will talk very highly of my undergraduate institution. So I went to Northern Michigan University up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Um, I'm a Midwestern girly at heart. I, loved my undergraduate experience and can look and say like the LGBTQ plus resources that were tangible on campus were a side office of the Multicultural Education Resource Center at the time. And I knew that going in, there was a Q&A or a Queers and Allies group that met. And for me, even seeing like, okay, there's a student group and somebody in some part of their capacity as a professional does gay things like for their job, for me that was enough. And I saw opportunity for representation. I saw community that was there and that was great for me. Um, So it's part of knowing what matters the most to you. What is that support that you need? Um, And something I like to share with students that I've supervised in the past or with anyone when you're in a decision-making process, whatever you decide to do, there will come a time where you wish you would have picked the other thing. Life is never perfect and easy going all the time. Whatever you decide to do, there's going to be a moment where you're like, darn, I should have done this instead. And so knowing that even if you end up choosing the right most beautiful option for you, like you're gonna have bad days. You're going to have days where you slip up and you experience the like less exciting parts of life. And that's okay. I think what's important in the moment is going for, like you said, Russ, where feels like home where feels correct where do you feel like I can see myself here for four five six years um, maybe even ten if you graduate and never leave um, I think yeah you'll I think a lot of people share this if you know when you know when the right campus is staring you in the face you'll know it you'll feel it and run with that we have to say goodbye to gavin and so
2: i apologize i was only here for a brief like, i appreciate brief you bit. joining us period but gage thank you so much for your expertise and insight i really greatly appreciated hearing your perspective and i don't mm-hmm. know how long this is going to continue going for
0: but i think we gonna... i think we have gage for, a, for another couple of minutes then then we'll we'll kind of wrap up.
1: I'm just doing graphic design the rest of the day. So you're, you've got me as long as you need to It was Great lovely meeting awesome, you yeah, Be well.
0: Bye Gavin. All right, so. I, I just, I wanna make sure that we're not I'm forgetting any part of kind of that campus tour stuff. And I think you you said something when we talked the last time that I think we've also highlighted, but I, I want to bring your voice back to this and that was you said something about chase what you value mm. And can you can you apply that to kind of the campus visit or have we already done that and we just need to sign off and say <laughs> <laughs> go forth and and find the perfect place for yourself?
1: Again, I love the idea of chasing what you value because not, we talked a little bit about students coming from all different places, right? Like some people are going to come in feeling very secure in their queer or trans identity. Um, using my own story, for example, I didn't come out as trans until I was twenty four. And so I am seeing more and more young kids coming out and coming out at such a young age gives you so much more time to come into that identity and to feel secure in that. And so, thinking of chasing what you value is what is the top priority for you in this moment? Are you most concerned about academics? Are you most concerned about your standing as like a queer trans person on campus? Are you most concerned about affordability? Because that's another real piece is I was limited to the universities that I could attend because I went to high school. When I was in high school, I experienced homelessness. I was not going to, Michigan State. I was not going to the University of Michigan. I was not going to Harvard or Yale because those were way out of my price range, even with financial opportunities. And that's just to name a few, right? Of some of the more like, and so for me, like affordability was a priority and I didn't have the opportunity to be like, okay, this school is affordable and also does gay things. I was lucky that I had an institution that was a liberal arts school and prioritized inclusion and support and safety and affirmation of everyone on campus. Um, And so I think looking at what do you need out of your college experience? What do you need out of a university? Because that's what we are here as like university professionals to do is to provide that support for you. And so looking at what are my values in life? Am I valuing this aspect of my identity right now, do I need support around that? Am I exploring this part? And then finding places that offer that. Because again, like it's a big decision to be making and often has a really big price tags attached to it. Even an affordable institution that I went to was still around $20,000 a year. Like That is not <laughs> a small amount of money. And so knowing that you are investing in yourself you are investing in your growth and you as a person, I think we couldn't walk away from this conversation without saying, follow your passions, follow what your values are and chase after them. And if you get to a place and they don't have them, advocate for them, find ways to bring them to the forefront of what you're doing, find community and create that community and make some noise, make some change. People will listen it's finding the right person, whether that is your academic advisor, whether that is a professor, whether that is a random person in the HR office, it's somebody on campus who's going to be your person and is going to advocate for you as well. And hopefully there's a pride center where you can, you know, bringing it back to LGBTQ plus things, hopefully there's a pride center where there are multiple professionals doing that work and will see you as a person and advocate for you in that. And so- to the students who are listening and thinking about, oh, college is going to be scary. And I don't want to talk to these like old people doing (laughs) this job full time. We are here, we do this for the students. We do this for you. So ask us for help or ask us for support. And we, again, if we're worth the job that we're doing, we will support you in that. And if we can't give you exactly what you need, challenge us to sit down and find an opportunity or find an option that works. If we can't give you A, challenge us to find B or C. I
0: I love that. And that's that's really what I, you articulated what I was struggling to say. As you've said all along, college is intimidating enough.
2: Mm. And and I
0: really, really hope, and I know I used really twice in that sentence, but I really, really hope my students who do listen to this feel like they can leave CVU where they have felt supported, hopefully, and mm-hmm. take away some skills, some questions, some thoughts, some ideas that help them feel safe, supported, affirmed, mm-hmm. like they can ask all of those questions Um, do the hard things with people that are there to trust and support them um, and, and just be their best selves. um, And that, that maybe in some small way, we've helped formulate that process for how they're going to do a campus tour um, with our time. That's kind of my hope is I, I want, I want students to be It seems trite, but I want them to be informed consumers, but I want them to know that there is support on campuses and there's a way to figure out what those supports are. Um, And if goodness knows, if I don't have the answers, I now have a resource or a set of resources that I can go to and say, all right, Gage, I have Mm -hmm. a student who needs why, how do I help them? And whether that's at UVM or not, I trust you're going to say maybe this is the question they should be asking or maybe these are the things that they should be looking for okay. um, and that'll that'll help help us help this young person find the best place for them.
1: Again, I think for me if even only one person gets what they need from this, that's one life that we've changed or like helped like redirect trajectories and like that one moment like is that why is that not why we all do this work right like we are here to see people get the most out of their lives and to go into something that is intimidating that is challenging that is new and get the most out of it um and so yeah i think the impact is lasting and what is then that one person who got something out of this going to do and change the world right
0: like to be a part of that i think it's so humbling and so fun thank you everyone for listening and i just want to end by saying that the intent of today's podcast was to give clarity to the lgbtq plus college-bound community um, in regards to how to choose a college campus that feels safe meets their needs is representative of their identity however the lessons learned today that i learned and that i was proud to be a part of uh, in this podcast are common amongst all students. And when visiting college campuses, visitors should feel welcome to ask questions that are important or affirming to them. And I'd like to conclude today's podcast with a quote from Gage, chase your values. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day and we'll see you again soon.